Welcome to the Alpha Dude Podcast with Michael Pulser. What would it be like if you knew that you were unstoppable and you could live life on your terms? Better yet, how good would it feel knowing that on your deathbed, you had fulfilled all your potential and more? Life on Earth has a beginning and an end. It's what you do in the middle that counts. Let's look at how to make that part even better. This episode, we're going to focus on dreams. Now, dreams are not entirely understood, but we do understand sleep. We understand that there are four primary stages of sleep. And don't worry, this will build up to something more interesting. You've got the four non-REM stages, rapid eye movement stages. And that's the first one, which is transitional, which is about five to ten minutes. That takes you from consciousness to sleep state. Second one is the deepening. And in this state, you start to get your temperature and heart rate that goes down. And this lasts for about 20 minutes or so. And then you get your third and final stage of non-REM sleep. And this is where the muscles start to relax. The blood pressure and the respiratory rates start to relax. All of your biological parameters have now decreased and you are in a deep sleep. What follows next is the REM stage. And the REM stage is where brain activity starts. The body is relaxed and dreams start to occur. The eyes move rapidly and hence we get the name REM from it. So why do the eyes move during this stage of sleep? Well, researchers speculate that the eye movements correlates to the changes in scenery or images within the dreams. And so when you're in the REM stage and you're having a dream, your dream might last seconds or all the way up to half an hour. Most people get between three to five dreams every single night. And if you're sleeping eight hours of sleep, you'll get about two hours of REM sleep. So while you're sleeping, you will dream. Not all of us recall it. But there are five main theories about what these dreams mean. And this episode will focus on one of them, but I'll go through them all. The first one is Freud's theory. Freud's theory of hidden emotions and desires is the first one. Now, this is really important to take into account because it's like the analogy that if you have that beach ball, if you push it under the water, eventually it's going to want to come up. So it'll come up at some point, these thoughts, these memories, these things that you're suppressing, and at some point it may come up unconsciously when you're dreaming. So this has some utility, and you can examine this in your own time because this episode is going to be focusing on the on another part. The, the ex, another part is is memory formation. The fact is that when we sleep, we process so much of the things that we've been thinking about during the day and memories are formed. Now this is fantastic, but there's not much we can do with this area. Another aspect is random brain activity. Again, another area of interest, but because you can't adjust this, it's just something to be aware of. The penultimate theory of dreams is about special messages and revelations. And that is way beyond the scope of this podcast, so I'm going to leave that alone. So the final theory about dreams is that it's all about problem solving. And this, this in my opinion, is the power of dreaming. And you'll see why as we talk more. With problem solving in dreams, if you're being chased in a dream, if you're faced with a dilemma, most of the time we run. Most of the time we try and avoid or escape the situation. Now, this will translate 
to how we deal with problems in our real life, in reality. So there's three primary steps to help you deal with this. And we're going to work through each step a bit further as we go on. So step one is to recognize it for what it is. And that is that you're having a dream and that you need to problem solve it. So step two is probably the most important part, and that's being aware that you're in a dream or that you're having a dream. And then step three is facing the problem. So this all sounds quite straightforward, and it, it is. I mean, I've worked with somebody, and he had this really disturbing dream. He dreamed that there was a ghost, and it had a noose around its neck. And this ghost came right up to his face every single night. And obviously, he freaked out and did everything he could to escape it. So we looked at the pattern, and, and step one was recognizing that this is not a ghost. This is something that there's a problem and recognizing it for what it is. Step two was actually being aware that you're in a dream. And that was basically finding out some key points, looking around. In his case, it was kind of easy. As soon as you see the ghost with the noose around its neck, it's like, all right, this is a dream. And step three was facing the problem. And that was actually having the strength to sit down and to stare right in the face of this ghost as it comes closer and closer. And then when it comes as close as it possibly can, just realizing that nothing actually happens. And in, in his case, the ghost just faded away. And from that, from that moment onwards, he started to develop courage in the real world, courage to face things. This helped him to, f to follow up in real world problems. And so you can see that the strength of problem solving in your dreams translates into the real world. And this worked way better than many of the other unconscious activities like hypnosis or NLP. It's just something that really comes from within. And I've seen amazing results from it. So obviously, take this on board and you can utilize this as you see fit in your life. Now, there are two other ways of dealing with dreamings. And I don't particularly like either one. I've had experiences with both, so I'll talk briefly about it. But um, again, it's just something to be open to. The first one is about lucid dreaming. Now, you might have heard about this, and that's when you become aware in your dreams. And it has an amazing utility that you can just wake up in your dream and then go flying or go on a holiday or do these amazing adventures. The problem is that it's incredibly difficult to achieve because when you become aware that you're in a dream, most of the time you wake up. It's just a natural state. So there's a few steps in order if you do want to practice lucid dreaming. And the first one is to affirm, and that's just to go to bed and just tell yourself that you're going to dream that night, you're going to remember your dream, and that when you're in your dream, you're going to remember that you're in the dream at that time. Step two is to have a, a notebook or something that you can record the dreams. Because if you do this for a while, although it's kind of annoying having a notebook next to you and writing your dreams in the middle of the night, eventually your recall starts to improve. And that's the whole point because many people can lucidly dream but then forget about it. So this is an imperative step. The next one is to have some sort of totem or sign. So it's like if you're in a dream, you look at something like say, for example, your hand, and if there's something special that happens, 
then you can tell that it's a dream and if it's exactly like reality then you can tell it's like real life. Now it sounds really weird but once you've done it a few times or got your own personalized version it just seems to fit. And then finally you just get really relaxed, you go through the process of practicing and you enjoy it. Again I've I've been through that, I've I felt like I had a bit of fun with it but after a while it seemed like just a imagination exercise that you kind of get over. So that was one part. The other part is astral projection, and I don't really like this, and I'll explain why. Basically, astral projection, it's a theory that you actually can leave your body at some point while you're asleep in a dream. And look, I've tried it, and it, it took ages to actually achieve and I'm not exactly sure what happened, but it felt like my whole body was just tingling. And it felt like as I managed to leave my body that I was floating up and I could look back down and actually see my body. And it had a sense of mixed emotions. You felt like really excited on one hand, but on the other hand, there was a feeling that something was really, really wrong about that whole situation so I stopped it. So again the process for astral projection is incredibly similar to the one for lucid dreaming except for the intention and that is basically telling yourself that you're going to do it. Focus on it all the way while you're going to sleep telling yourself that you're going to do it, that you're going to do it, that you're going to do it and as you sleep if you feel any thoughts or dreams, you imagine that you start doing it even your dreams even. And it's just a thing about repetition and eventually you get to a place where you're able just to float up a little bit and a bit more. And then I've heard accounts of people who have traveled other places with it. I don't really buy into it, but I've heard people that have gone and visited friends and gone and seen a number that was written down at a friend's house and different bits and pieces that have some empirical verification but again I just don't like it so I just thought I'd touch on it. The main takeaway for this whole episode is about dreamings and the fact is that they are amazing to help you solve problems in the real world when you're having a problem in a dream. So when you have a problem in your dream take it as an opportunity. Next time you're troubled in a dream Make sure that you have the courage to face it. And when you do, watch how your courage in real life starts to skyrocket as well. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. If so, rate it from the place you downloaded it. For any questions, send an email to michaelpulser at gmail.com.